They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. You're good to go. Welcome to Two Bald... Ooh, okay. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. And I know I usually say something else after that. What do I say? Your name? <laughs> oh, yeah. And what am I doing here? That is the question of the, of the day. All right, here we go. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations of the New England Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or as we like to call it, the ELCA. Oh, happy new year. Happy new year to you, Jeff. It has been a while. It has been a while because both of us have been very sick. Pretty much the month of November into December, I had pneumonia and bronchitis and kind of struggled there for a little bit, and, and you have been sick as well. Yep, last couple of weeks have been pretty rough on me too, yep. So we've kind of fallen off the podcast uh, train here, but we are in a new year, 2017, and we are gearing up for a great and exciting year. How was Christmas? Christmas was good. Christmas was good. It was uh, pretty low-key. You know, we had some good worship services here at the church, and... I actually have a retired uh, pastor in my congregation, so he offered to lead Christmas Day worship, which was very nice. nice. So I was able to spend it with uh, my family at home, and we did a little bit of traveling, not too much, but we were able to see both uh, Katie's dad and my parents, and so we had a really good Christmas time at New Year's as well. So I made it to midnight on New Year's, which I wasn't sure if I was going to do, but the kids made me stay up a little late, so... Uh, I was able to do that. How about you? How was your Christmas and New Year's? Uh, well, New Year's, I also made it up to midnight. I would have been in Rio. <laughs> I went to bed at I went to bed at nine o'clock because I was ill. Yep. and then needed to lead worship in the morning. So I was I was actually sent to bed by my family. So that was how I was doing for New Year's. Christmas was great. Uh, you know, your typical worship services, family time, all that was really pretty wonderful. But I did notice something in particular this year. It seemed a little less rowdy at our earlier service, even though there were more people at it than there were last year. At least I don't I didn't look at the numbers. It just felt like there were. Yeah. But um, those I just had the sense that what everybody needed was a little Christmas hope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that. For once, maybe all the hoopla, we we all just kind of put it on pause because we needed to sing the songs and we needed to hear the words and we needed to reflect on it a little bit and we needed to uh, receive the meal and be sent back into this world of ours. And uh, for that, I am incredibly grateful to my congregation because it was it was wonderful. It's been uh, a tough year. There has been a lot going on, and you know to be able to to name that and say, yeah, it really has been a tough year. There's been a lot of good things that have happened, but it's also been tough in a number of ways. And what are we going to do about that? How are we going to move forward from this place into a place that does bring hope and peace and comfort to to our lives? So, yeah, Exactly. Um, as we're recording this, it's still the Christmas season. And uh, I was at the nurse, local nursing home leading worship this morning 
and the text we read was from Isaiah, that he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And one of the reflections we had on that is, boy, doesn't it seem like we could use some peace? And we also want to kind of ask ourselves and probably even ask God, but where is it? It's hard to see. But isn't that what our hope is, is that uh, Christ is present and peace has come, even in small ways, and we can be a part of that. Yeah, it's easy to move on from Christmas into the new year and everything else when really Christmas is 12 days. And like you said, we are in the midst of the Christmas season. And this Sunday, many congregations are going to be talking about the baptism of Jesus and then moving right into the season of Epiphany. We quickly move from that sense of hope of what does it really mean for Christmas when Jesus comes into the world? And what does that do for our lives into uh, a, a new space and really kind of starting to pr- prepare in many ways for the season of Lent and, and all of that when we really have this this time where we can talk about how can we bring peace not only into our lives, but into our congregations and into our communities. We romanticize or nostalgize Christmas so much because we love it. I mean, I love it. I love the Christmas decorations and trees and presents and songs and all that stuff. And I know you do too. And I know our people do too, and that's completely appropriate. But I I wonder if we, at times, we don't really think about how radical a thing it is that Jesus is born into this world. You know, we just kind of say, oh, the nice, cute little baby in the manger. Isn't that nice? Little, nice little family. Aren't they great? You know, and we play with our little nativity sets, at least, I know I do. And uh, it just becomes it becomes a nice thing rather than a something that should not only give us pause, but it should really make us scratch our heads quite a bit and and wonder what is God up to here being being born into a world like this. Right, right. Something just to reflect on a little bit together is, you know, what what does it mean? I mean, what does it mean that Christ has come, especially in a world that needs peace and we don't see it so evidently around us and what's our role in that i mean how do we bear christ in the world and be people of peace when everybody is either tired of talking about stuff or or, and just feeling defeated or they're still angry about things from maybe the election or just things going on in the world or, or scared from their own personal stuff i mean i know it never shocks me, actually, once we get into the new year and, and the, the phone calls and emails and texts from people that are, are really hurting. It's hard to know where to jump in. Right. It is hard to know where to begin. And it is, uh, I think, a benefit of being the church is that no matter what time of the year it is, no matter what situation that you're in, I think the church is a place that anyone can go and receive the good news that God is with us. And I think that is kind of uh, maybe even the first step is to recognize that there is hope, there is opportunity for peace, even though when we are in the midst of it, uh, whatever that is, um, it it may seem to be far away from us. What are some of the, the characteristics of peace we can recognize in our world and, and in our lives? What are, where, where do we begin with all this? Well, I think for me, I, I have a, a friend that I went to seminary with, and uh, Janelle is her name. She had this great line that I've always remembered that, you know, all ministry is relational. Yep. I mean, isn't that what Christmas is? God is relating to us on a person-to-person level. 
And even today, you know, I was with these nice people in the, in the nursing home, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, the problems in this world are so big and they're scared for a number of reasons. What can I do? You know, uh, I'm stuck here. All right. I don't, I don't feel like I have an impact or, or great connections. And the, the reality is, I mean, everybody can do a little something um, because we're all connected in some way to somebody else. Um, whether it's you and I talking today, I mean, we've, we have connected in a one-on-one interpersonal level in a way that I hope builds each other up. And anybody has any other kinds of interactions with folks. I mean, we can either, I don't want to use the word decide, but we can be conscious of what we bring to another person. Are we bringing just our baggage? Are we projecting our anger or fear? Or are we attempting to somehow build them up and maybe even build ourselves up in a way because we know we need each other? That's where I would start. I would just start in, you know, everybody can do something in a very, very small way just by simply connecting with each other. Doesn't mean you have all the answers. Doesn't mean you got it right. Doesn't mean you have the right words. Uh, You know, it's just, it's just a matter of of being present, right? Because isn't that what Christmas is? It's God being present. Yeah. we need to reconnect on a way that we're present with each other. Yeah. I mean, I, we were talking before we started, you know, my kids and I have been home by ourselves this week and we've, we've been living three independent lives in the same building. Um, <laughs> when we're, when we're home, we're not, everybody's doing their own thing and we have not been present with each other. Right. I need, we all need, I think just to be more intentional about that. As we are being present with each other is recognizing the needs that we may have. You know, I've been, uh, at a number of meetings this past week, one meeting with a local ministerium when we, and we were talking about a lot of the needs in our community, especially around the the recent election in 2016. And something that you and I have talked about some is, is what are the effects of the election in our lives and in, in our communities? And one of the things that the ministerium was talking about is we didn't necessarily have an opportunity for people to express themselves in, in a religious setting, you know, at the time of the election, but the inauguration is coming up and maybe that's something that we should be looking at during the inauguration is having opening our places of worship for time of prayer and reflection and conversation about what does it mean now that we are changing presidents and what does it mean for our country and, and especially those people who are in need in our communities. So that's a conversation that, that I had yesterday. And then today, 20 or 25 of us have gathered together to talk about the issue of homelessness in our communities and how there's lack of resources and what can we do to uh, build up the resources and, and really support those who are in a real desperate time in their in their life. And there was actually one individual who was homeless in the in the last year and now has found herself because of some of the help she's received in uh, a stable um, housing environment right now. But just listening to her and talking about the struggles that she has faced over the last couple of years and, and the struggles her kids have faced and how at some point in the last year, there was this sense that they didn't have hope. Uh, but because of the generosity and the support that she received, she, she did find uh, the kindness in, in uh, many different situations. So as we interact with each other, finding out, okay, our basic needs being met, and what if they're not, what can we do to help meet those needs as we build up relationships with each other? 
I think is, is really something that we should be looking at and, and thinking about when we are connecting with each other. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think sometimes, you know, it is a, a plan and it is a program that we can connect with and, and feed into. And other times it's just being present. I mean, yeah. it really is just yeah. being a friend. I mean, we had somebody who got injured and now they're talking about, okay, how do we get person rides? And, and you know, okay, that's it's not a program, but it's, it's, again, it's trying to help somebody out and keep them connected uh, to people that care about about her. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hurt going on out there. I also think there's a lot of just internal hurt or grief. I mean, an election is never a time that really says, okay, all our problems are solved. Right. right. <laughs> and uh, a new a new year is not either. I mean, people make New Year's resolutions and we change our calendars over and we write the wrong date on our checks for a while. But just because it's a new year doesn't mean it really is a blank slate. We still carry a lot of those burdens that we've been trying to manage for better or for worse. And we need to be aware of that with people around us too. Definitely. So as we build these relationships and connect with individuals, what are some of the other things that we could be doing to demonstrate peace in our world and especially in this new year as we kind of look forward to 2017? Prayer is a good one. I mean, I think we need to just, I need to identify some of the issues that are out in the world too and, and lift those up in a way that we just acknowledge they're bigger than us and we have no idea what to do about it. And it scares us or it makes us anxious or it worries us with, with uh, specific people in mind. I mean, that's the world into which Christ comes. So we need to, I think, hand ourselves over to that and say, okay, if Christ is going to be present in the world, which we affirm true, then, then we need to, Hey, it's not just up to us either. And we, uh, you know, we certainly pray that God would use us in the midst of, of these things. But right. I think a handing of it over in some regard would, would free us to be able to be more and, and tend to our neighbor because we're not just so overwhelmed. And of course, there's a million different ways to pray, but especially in a new year, prayer is a definite good thing. We've talked about prayer before and the importance it is in our own lives, but it's something that I think is easily forgotten about when we do, when we think about our lives and the needs that are in our lives is turning it over to God. And and I know the effect that it has had on you and, and me as far as things that we should be praying for, that we want to be praying for, um, and the difference that it makes in our lives. And it's just a power of powerful thing. I think something else that's really important now, I mean, it's probably always been important, but I think especially in the climate sociologically we find ourselves in, in 2017, is we need to find a way to uh, connect with people that are different from us, uh, whether it's as simple as ideologically, or if it is religiously, or if it is ethnically, or if it is socioeconomically, whatever it is. I mean, obviously, we're not a homogeneous group of people in the world, let alone our country or even our neighborhoods or churches even. Uh, so we need to we need to think about that in a way that's intentional because it's very easy to let others tell us what other people are like yep. rather than experience them for ourselves as people that are really just like us uh, with the same hopes and fears and shortcomings and gifts. And uh, if we can somehow find ways 
or look for ways to say, uh, you know, I want to get to know somebody that's different. Whether you actually do or not, I, I feel like that would help a little bit in just a small little way. How about you? I know how easy it is for us to connect with people that we are alike, especially in the area of social media. And it's easy when someone comes onto your Facebook page or you see someone putting out an opinion that is completely different from yours. It's easy to say, okay, I'm not going to follow that person anymore. Then eventually your feed is going to be filled with only people that you agree with instead of challenging your beliefs and, and not necessarily challenging them to fight, but just say, okay, think about something a little bit differently. Does this make sense to you or does it not? And it makes sense to you. And if it doesn't make sense to you, why not? Let's talk about it for a little bit. Yeah. I think it's, it's good to connect right. with people who are maybe not the normal people that you connect with. And that's not only in social media, but also yeah. in real life situations as well. Is there someone in your congregation that, you know, you haven't really talked to because they are different from you or, you know, they have different ideas or, or values and even outside your congregation in the community are you go interacting in places that are places that might be a little uncomfortable for you at first, but then you eventually find yourself learning and growing from that experience. I saw somebody post on Facebook recently and they quoted somebody about it and I can't for the life of me remember who it was. So the quote was something like nobody comes into an argument expecting to change their own mind. Right. Uh, so, or something along that sentiment. So I, I think being able to, uh, you know, we just come to everything ready to fight about it. I think you're totally right. I and mean, we've got to listen to each other. Yep. We have to accept in some way that not everybody sees things the way that we do. Not only is that okay, it's probably good. So if we can try to open ourselves in a way to receive another that's different from us, especially if if the conversation is one that just kind of you know, makes your blood boil a little bit, we need to actually try to make those connections. I think it's really important. You know, we've seen what happens when it doesn't. It gets it gets very vile very quick. I mean, I remember a few years back on a Facebook group that you and I are both a part of, things just turned negative or people were griping about this thing or the other thing. And I just remember I'm, I still want to be a part of this group because I want to be in relationship with the people in this group. But I'm just going to decide I'm not going to post anything that's negative. I'm just only going to try to build people up. Whether if I disagree with it, I'll maybe comment, but I'm not going to argue or I'll keep my big fat mouth shut and, and just try to hear what they're saying or, or what's behind what they're saying. And it, it's amazing how much more at peace you become yourself in those kinds of situations where you just realize I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that game. I'm my, I'm about something different. I'm right. trying to be a positive person and, and can impact things that way. And we could all learn to, to take some time this year to do that. I think. I think that's a, a great example. And, you know, when you do find yourself in reading something in social media and you want to argue against it, just walk away. Take a, 10 minutes and say, okay, I'm going to disengage from this. I'm going to go and do something else and then come back. And I, I know it's really helped me kind of keep my big mouth shut sometimes when I want to say something and, and uh, decide against it later on. Just because something's posted doesn't mean you have to click on it either. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Another thing I think that will help us bring, you know, hope and peace and joy into um, our lives and into our communities is surrounding ourselves with positivity instead of negativity. And I know that everything that I'm engaging with, I, Jim Rome 
used to say, you know, you are the makeup of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. And it's, I think it's not only the people that you spend t- the most time with, but the influences you have. There's a TV show yeah. that I, I really loved uh, to watch, but I've really found myself kind of steering away from it because in the show, it's one of those reality TV shows. It, there's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of fighting. And, and I find myself just feeling that negativity in my life after I watched the show. And so I've said, I need to really disengage from this because it's really changing how I feel in my life. So whenever I start to take in and consume media, whether it be podcasts or TV or radio or whatever, I really don't want to surround myself with negative media. I really want to take in positive things, and that includes the people that I engage with, the people that I talk to on a regular basis. And I really don't want to surround myself with people who complain and says, oh, this is this is hopeless. We're never going to be able to do this. We're never going to be able to succeed. Instead, I think, you know, what's that quote from Philippians? With, with God, all things are possible, right? So uh, let's have that mindset and surround ourselves with people who, who help us with that mindset. Absolutely. I think too, and this may sound like, oh yeah, duh, but we should spend more time in the word this year. Yeah. If Christ is peace and Christ has come and Christ is the word made flesh, we need to be in the word in a way that I think, not saying we haven't been in the word because I I think we have, but I, I think especially in a tumultuous time, it's worth connecting to where we're supposed to be connected and really lifting that up as as something that's, if we're going to try to be a force for peace, if we're going to try to be God's people in the world, as we're called to be, we need to to know the story. We need to be immersed in the story and try to live that story. I mean, I know already for myself this year, I've been doing that. It's good to be in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And it's one of those things. And I, I, here's another, another point is, is to really plan out to be intentional about that's right making peace and hope and part of that is you know scheduling time to read the bible and to pray and time to say okay on saturday afternoons every other saturday i'm going to be able i'm going to connect with these people over here or i'm going to connect with uh, this organization or i'm just going to ask and and call up a friend and see how they're doing i mean we're not talking about you know major life changing things right away. Even the small things really matter. So taking time to intentionally plan out when you're going to uh, do some of these things, and and really do it. Don't just talk about it. Don't say, "Well, this year I hope to be a better person. Right. This year I hope to read the Bible, or this year I hope to pray more." Actually, do it. You know, don't just right. talk about it. Actually, do it. I think along those lines, it might also be something peaceful to try to connect with somebody that you have maybe drifted away from. Yep. Maybe you didn't have an argument or a fight or something, and maybe you did, but um, some you know people drift in different directions sometimes, and it's it's worth trying to be the bigger person and say, "Hey, I miss this person, and they're important to me, and I want to say, hey, you matter." Right. Right. I, I think that I think that helps people a lot. That could be a phone call. That could be a letter. That could be a postcard. Just, you know, yeah. take some time and, and connect with people. Yeah, Facebook message. It could be a text, you name it. Yep. There's yep. lots of ways. You could Snapchat if I ever figured out how to do that. 
Yeah, Snapchat is going to be dead in 2017. Haven't you read the latest stories about that? Oh, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram is where it's at, baby. Okay, I understand Instagram. I can do that. <laughs> but I think going along with even the social media and, and connecting with people and something that I think you and I really have, have talked about some but not really kind of fleshed out totally is and what we do on this podcast is really share our stories. So share your stories so you can be an encouragement to others in 2017. Right. If you are finding ways that you are able to connect with people to create the sense of peace in, in your life and other people's lives, let the world know about that. And, and maybe you will inspire other people to kind of take up the torch and say, well, if, if Jeff can do that, then I can do that. If Joe can do that, I can do that. So find ways to be able to uh, share your stories. And that's something that maybe we can be a little more intentional about with the podcast and some of the social media stuff that we do is how are we sharing our stories and helping others share their stories? Yeah, that's really good. And just a very low level, I, what's the quote, you know, some odd percentage of life is just showing up. Yeah, um, it, it is, but I think it's, it's a more meaningful thing to show up with and some intentionality. And, uh, I mean, whatever the things are, we are engaged in, we need to participate in them. Yep. Um, maybe just showing up to church once in a while, nothing wrong with that. It's good. And you're, I'm glad and you're welcome to be there, but I think, you know, it's going to be a better community of people if you're engaged. Same is true. If you're in some social organization somewhere else or your workplace or with your, in your neighborhood where you live with your family, I mean, Showing up is huge. You got to show up, but be present while you're there too. Yep. Yep. And um, we all, we all need to take pause and think about our own role in that. I think a little bit more, you know, we were talking about earlier, we can show up and be in the same room with our kids and be yeah, all on our own devices and not talk to each other. So, but yeah, so that's, I think that's totally true. Be intentional about it. Say, okay. I'm going to be in the same room with my kids, but maybe we'll actually talk to each other and play a game or whatever, you know, um, even though our kids are at the age where they really don't want to talk to us anymore about anything. So I think it's more about you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even talk about that. It's your kids, not my kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting those looks too. I totally, yep. In age land. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the final thing we should probably talk about in peacemaking is some of the advocacy work that we can do. So Jeff, uh, what are some of the examples of advocacy work that you think would be important for our listeners to know about? Well, I think one thing that I've, I've been trying to pay attention to for myself and also just uh, listening to people is, uh, you know, as divided as the country is, that doesn't mean that we should not be involved in our political system or we should, uh, we should not somehow stand up for the things that we think are important. I, I said to my counsel in a report, uh, Jesus is kind of annoyingly clear on uh, helping people and we need to, we need to do that. I mean, obviously the political parties stress different things and ways to go about doing that. But um, I think ignoring it or just trying to, not get involved or get our hands dirty is the wrong way to go. So there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, I think, uh, you know, some people do protest marches, you know, or they join those kinds of things. Some people write their Congress people, some people, um, 
you know, get involved in specific causes and uh, all of those things are good. Again, if it's about relationships and being connected and trying to, to build our common humanity together, it seems like a very natural place where we'd go. And um, especially as Jesus calls us to, you know, feed the hungry and clothe the homeless and visit the sick in prison and all of those things from Matthew 25, it's a, it's a very... It's a clear calling in that regard, even though the way forward is very murky. Right. And I think going back to the idea of building relationships is critical in this part as well, because if you write your senator or whatnot, that that might not get as much attention as if you build a relationship with uh, the political party or even your your local uh, community mayor and school superintendent and that sort of thing. I mean, if you know who they are and they know who you are, that... uh, really has more influence on some of the work that you can do rather than just uh, sending an email here and there. So sending an email is important too. If that's the only thing you have time to do and that you have the availability to do, then that's something that you definitely should be doing. Yeah, I agree. I remember when Newtown happened a few years back here in Connecticut, uh, that horrible shooting that took place in an elementary school. I was in New Canaan serving as pastor at the time, and our first selectman brought the clergy together and just quite honestly was kind of like, what should we do? And uh, we, we together uh, came up with a plan to have a kind of a, a public uh, vigil service. I know a lot of places around the country did that, not just in Connecticut. Uh, we were about 30 miles from Newtown uh, at the time. It was a horrible, horrible thing. The, the good thing that came out of it was relationships were fostered so that when other things came up down the line, there was some trust that had been built between uh, leaders in the faith communities and leaders in the secular government. Not that we were um, collaborating or something like, like that, but it was one of those, you know, on other issues, counsel was sought. And it wasn't because, oh, you agree with me or you voted for me. It was because we had a relationship. Right. And it was we share the same grocery store and we live in the same town and we care about the people that, you know, that live here and, and their well-being. And as concerned fellow citizens and sisters and brothers, what, what does that look like when we have something come up? You know, that's, that's, I would say is the biggest problem in our political system is there's such a disconnect between real people and, and the people that represent them. But if we're, if we're going to be connected, if we're going to try to build relationships that you can talk to your representative at whatever level of government, because they know who you are and they trust you, or, or you at least know who you are, perhaps that's going to be something different, I think. But, yeah. 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 So get involved in that way too, I think is, is important. There are many ways to do many that. Things. Many, Many ways, ways to do that. Yeah, definitely. Many ways to do that. And again, with the spirit of peacemaking, it's not to shame people or tell them that they're wrong or I know what the heck I'm doing and you don't, you jerk. It's about kind of our common humanity and, and who God calls us to be as people that are sent to serve others. And yep. um, a lot of bridges can be built. I think if, if this election cycle has taught us anything, it's that there's a lot of bridges that need some tending to and uh, on all sorts of levels. And as we approach this new year, I think that's a good way to start um, start thinking about things. I do too. I think it's important to to get involved and not to stand on the sidelines and and hope that someone else does it, but really take right. the initiative to do it yourself. So, yep, yep, and get some people together and say, hey, what what can we do about this particular issue? And um, and and again, doing it in a kind way that is about 
um, affirming people's humanity and about uh, trying to live out your faith in a real positive manner is is the way to go about doing it, I think. Yep. So move on just to something else. What are some things you're hoping for this year, church-wise or personal-wise? Or- yeah, there's there's a couple of things that I have on my list, and I don't, I don't know if, if you want to call them resolutions or goals, you know, there's, 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 I think a difference between those two. And we talked about this actually this time last year and I actually went back and listened to that episode just to see what I I said. And, and I think one of the things that's on my list is really to, uh, and as we talked about really to engage, uh, with the people in my congregation a little bit on a deeper level level, we've taught one of the things we've talked about in my congregation, but we really haven't done too much with is, is small groups and the value that comes in small group ministry and really kind of specify that small group ministry. So it's not just, Hey, these people get together here. These people get together there, but Hey, let's, let's get a group for parents um, with, with kids, you know, and, and get that going and young adults and um, senior adults. And, and what do these small groups look like? How are they going to run? And I think that's just really to connect with, not only the people who are already engaged in the ministry, but those people who have been engaged in the ministry in the past and, and say, hey, you know, we really see, think this might be a value to you, uh, so hopefully we can uh, talk about that a little bit more. And a little more personally, you know, last year I really got into um, bike riding. One of my goals last year is, was to, to kind of think about my health, and I continue to want to think about that. And uh, I, a little hesitant to put some sort of mileage on how many miles I want to ride this year, but you know, I've already got you know seven miles in yesterday, and and hopefully you know a few more miles later this week. One of my big goals is to to go out on a hundred mile bike ride this year. So hopefully I can yeah, train and, and do that. Um, kind of the century ride is kind of one of the markers when you're when you're riding bikes. Participated in a tour to cure last year and one would like to do that and maybe another uh biking event this year so that's kind of on my my docket what about you well this past year we had a lot of i would just label it stuff at church major initiatives like we had a capital campaign and a building program and a staff hire that all just required a lot of you know administrative kind of work we're still working on the building component of that, but the staff person's in place who I happen to be married to. This year, what I really want to emphasize from a ministry perspective is um, our mission statement at St. Paul is uh, building community in Christ and serving Christ in community. And so I, I really want to work on this whole relationship piece. It's just everything that we're doing, whether it's something administrative or whether it's just sitting around having coffee, that what we're trying to accomplish here is, is community. And uh, that's what we're called to. And I just, for me, as the person that gets the most airtime, I guess, um, <laughs> that's, that's going to be, a, a, I think, a common thread of, of what I want to emphasize this year uh, at, in our congregation. It's just, it's all, it really is about relationships. And um, again, for this Christmas time, it's, per, it's perfect to, to dwell in God dwelling with us and uh, how do we dwell with each other. And what the particulars of that end up being, we'll find out. But I, I, but I think it, it, that's that's going to be the core of where I think I want to go this year. And uh, personally, I, I lost a bunch of weight last year. I want to keep that off and uh, continue to work on my good eating habits and rest and exercise. 
Um, I want to read more. I've been trying to get back into writing here and there and, and, you know, you're a part of that too. And, uh, those, those types of things, I think good reflection on life, the world and ministry is, is a good place to be, I think. And, um, I guess that's where I just want to spend time too. It's just reflection on where we are, where we're going, where God is is taking us collectively and me in particular and celebrate that along the way. That's, I don't know, that's what I'm thinking about for 2017. Hey, it's the Luther 500 year. How could it go wrong? Exactly, awesome. exactly. <laughs> and I think both of us are kind of in good places in our yeah, calls so and that frees us up to think about things outside of that and say, you know, we have our church work, but also personally in ministry, where do we want to go? What type of stuff do we want to be doing? I know, you know, we have some goals for this podcast as well to kind of not only continue and on a weekly basis to put out a quality content, but also to engage in, you know, you, the listener, a little bit more this year in 2017. Well, I will say, and neither of us mentioned this, the highlight of the Christmas experience was we got together to go see Rogue One. That's that right. A, that's right. That was a highlight. <laughs> it was a highlight. This is probably one of the nicest theaters I ever went to. It was pretty swanky. I will say that. Yeah. So what did you think of Rogue One after uh, seeing it a couple of times and uh, experiencing and, and reminiscing about Star Wars? Oh, and then seeing uh, episode four right after. Did you Did you do that again? We did. We watched uh, A New Hope the day after. We went to go see uh, Rogue One. My family did. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome movie. I loved it. I don't know if I want to say it's my favorite, but it's definitely top tier for sure. The top eight? It's in the top eight for sure. <laughs> yeah. Empire is still my favorite. That's the best. It's okay, just, yeah. You, can't, you yeah. can't go wrong with Empire. But Rogue One, is it's up there. It's at least it's two or three. It's really, yeah, I loved it. And I, we talked a little bit about uh, the in in a video that we did afterwards the idea of of hope that comes in Rogue One and in the Star Wars kind of world and and how that kind of inspires us to to kind of live that out in our lives and then you know with with the news that uh, Carrie Fisher died at the end of the year which was definitely a, a sad moment in the in the life of Star Wars and and uh, just thinking about what she has meant to so many people. A lot of stuff kind of going into into all that. One thing I think would also be important this year is to, um, to go along with Joe's thing about sharing stories. Is it be, We would love to hear from you. Um, I mean, we know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast, but we also don't know a lot of the people that listen to this podcast. And it would be a great, a great thing to just kind of hear what's up with you. So, um, I mean, we'd certainly love to hear what you think of the, the content of this podcast, but it would also just be nice to know what's going on in your life and where you're trying to connect and uh, what kind of stories of faith you have. Cause if we're going to be about real faith, real life and uh, relationships, well, we, we would, we covet your relationship. So it would be nice to hear from you. So you can do that in a lot of different ways. Uh, we have a Facebook uh, site, which is uh, facebook.com backslash two ball pastors. And we have a website, which is two ball pastors.com. And, uh, we both are on Facebook just as ourselves. So um, please connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. And um, we hope you have a safe, happy, and blessed new year. Anything else, Joe? 
we have a lot of upcoming uh, content that we are really excited about. We have a, a number of uh, interviews scheduled for the beginning of this year. We also um, have some stuff that we did in late fall that we're going to be putting out as well. So, you know, we, we are excited for this year as uh, this podcast continues to grow, as we hear from you. One of the things that helps us reach out to other people is any type of review that you can give us on iTunes. So if you go to iTunes and if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. But also, uh, if you could give us a little feedback on on the um, on iTunes and rate our podcast and give us some comments, that would really really help us out. So until next week, we hope you have a very blessed week, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. Toodles. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Sorry, that was a downer. <laughs> yeah, way to, way to kill the mood, Joe. <laughs> I had the chills for about five hours in bed where I just could not get warm, followed by the sweats where I just could not cool off. <laughs>